Welcome to Strengthen the Numbers. My name is Mitan Patel, analyst, accountant, and aspiring finance leader. And it is my ambition to bring the leaders in business and finance to the table, stilling their careers, experiences, and insights into actions that you can take to your clients, customers, and communities to become their value creator and ultimate trusted advisor. And with that, let's move on to the show. Welcome everyone. You might be wondering why you're not hearing Andrew's voice at this point. And that is because he's given me this really exciting opportunity to be interviewing him. In this podcast, I explore Andrew's background, some of his career highlights, and his thoughts on how everyone can succeed in their career. Reflecting on this episode, I'm continually struck by one thing, and that is Andrew's emphasis on collaboration and helping others in each of the answers he gives. Anyone that knows Andrews will be aware of his almost resolute adherence to the idea that a rising tide lifts all boats. And the reason that it strikes me is because Andrew is incredibly academically gifted, has had first, has done very well in his MBA, but still attributes his success to the idea of helping others and how others have helped him on that successful journey. And I can see it firsthand. I'm incredibly humbled by... Um, Andrew giving me this opportunity, allowing me to use the SINT platform and giving me the the advice and guidance on how to, to do the podcast. So I think this episode will have something for everyone. And let's just get straight straight to the show. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mitten. Nice to be on the other side of the table. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed, look, what really excites me about this podcast is um, learning more about you, your experiences, your career journey. So um, could you tell listeners more about your, your background and your career to date? Yeah, so I left school at 18. I did try university out for a few weeks. I did mathematical physics, didn't quite like it, but I've always loved numbers and I've always loved trying to explain things via the numbers. I think that's where I was very much drawn to to physics. And then I needed a few bob quickly. So I took a job in sales in a wine store. And between one thing or another, I ended up doing a field sales role after that, selling Pepsi. And uh, I did that for a year. And then my mother had finally nagged me enough that I actually went back to university. And I sort of had a sense that I wanted to do something in business. So I went to university in Ireland and then did a few years there. But whilst I was university, I sort of fell in love a bit with more the accounting and finance side of things. And then I started doing work in the summers, uh, coming back to London, doing work in the summers in various accounts teams and various accounts roles. And on my first assignment as a contractor, I ended up working with a director who uh, was SEMA qualified and he helped me sort of go through the application process and whatever. Ah. And it just so happened that I had loads of spare time on my hands when I was at university. So I did all my SEMA exams pretty much by the time I graduated. So that was back in the day where you had to sit 17 exams. And I remember, and I remember one, day, one day there was a conflict between my university exams and SEMA exams. So in fairness to the university, they let me come in at six o'clock and do three hours of papers. And then I did three hours of SEMA, then another three hours of SEMA. And then I got a taxi and I wasn't allowed to phone or speak to anyone. 
so they sent someone up to the university, collect me in a taxi, bring me back down and do more three hours more of exam papers. And I think I slept for about an hour the night before that exam, uh, that day of exams. So, um, so it was a lot on my plate, but I felt I learned loads and allowed me then to take on more senior roles during my summers and obviously earn a, a bit more money and bring that back and have even a, a more of a blast when I was at yep. university. Yep. That was my introduction to accounting. And then when I, I finished university, I thought I'd have a go in practice. And that turned out to be quite good in terms of I learned loads of skills around auditing, but I wasn't really, for me, I felt I could take the audit only so far and then I could see opportunities to improve and create more value. But but it just never felt like that the um, that there was any sort of platform or pathway to do that within auditing. And actually, that's been a similar sort of thought of some of our previous guest mentors on the show. So it wasn't a strange thing to feel like that. So I exited and because I was almost fully qualified seam at the time I, I got a very good role in industry working with Burger King and um, I really loved that role had a few other ones I suppose as I progressed up got more senior in finance and accounting I became a line manager and it was only then that I realized I really sucked at being a line manager and yeah and this was really frustrating me because I was a very successful field salesperson I was I always hit my targets and uh, not only that, I was able to help my team uh, hit their targets. And that really forced me to examine that I think I just got a bit too caught up on the old technical side of accounting and finance. And I had to rediscover my people skills. And it's not easy because I suppose deep down I am an introvert. I love my own space. I love my own time. I just love thinking through problems. I'd get as much fun, uh, I suppose, doing programming or a bit of coding. Or, or just reading articles on finance or the latest developments just on, on my own rather than spending time with people. But ultimately, business is about people and it's about bringing people on a journey and uh, an experience. And that's where I started to rediscover those skills as a line manager and started working more on those side of things. And I guess that really helped me then be quite successful in setting up my own accountancy company my own consulting practice and did that for a number of years and that meant a lot of traveling uh, I used to commute uh, quite long distances didn't see much of the family and I said that had to change so there was an opportunity that came up uh, at a very fortunate time I was sort of standing at an airport waiting to fly out and it was very foggy and then off in the distance I saw a fire but when the fog lifted there was actually a plane crash so, so I said, I got to stop traveling. I'd like to see my kids as they grow up. So um, enough of that. So I, I managed to get home and went online. And then there was a job, a maternity cover contract at a multinational in Cork in Ireland where my family were based. So I applied for it that week. Um, I got through the first round interview. They had the second interview the following day and then offered me the job on the third day. So. Uh, so yeah, so it was pretty cool as it was like it was meant to be. And then I suppose that was the last time I ever applied for a job. Ever since I've, I've managed to fall into really great roles, had really great people around me and deliver loads and loads of value for the business. And yeah, like I enjoy working at Dell. It's just one of the many things I do. But, you know, I think there was a very good, important point when it comes to career that that uh, one of our previous podcast uh, guest mentors uh, Paul Sweeney said is what's your extra and I feel like it's always important to 
to, to do that a little bit more. So, you know, not only that we develop ourselves, but you're always adding just that little bit more value to everyone else around you, giving them a really good experience. And then it, it's like raising all ships at the same time. Absolutely. And that last comment resonates with me very powerfully. Um, and it did so when I when I first met you, you emphasised the importance of helping others. I mean, when in your career journey did you realise that that was important? Yeah, great question, Mitten. I mean, like, if I look back on my career, I suppose it was when I took on my first proper management role. And I actually had to step outside the finance to do that. I actually had to, you know, I don't really regard my role in sales as a proper line manager. Um, it was sort of quite remotely done. But when you had a team of 15 people, I was very lucky because my first hire was an MBA graduate. He was a previous IT manager himself. And, and you know, outside of work af- afterwards, we developed a very strong friendship. But at the time, he helped me you know, see how much I sucked as a line manager. And it really felt that up until then in my career, I was able to just do everything myself. You know, um, even when I was at university, I was able to get the, the projects done pretty much myself. And I was always A grade. I mean, I, I left school with the highest A levels in, in the school. I got a first class honours every year at university. Um, you know, so I, I did do, I'm very strong academically. I always had great belief in my own ability. But if you're only focused on yourself and doing the work yourself, you're never really growing with others. and actually. You know, there's more to life than just trying to do everything yourself. And I realized that if I was ever to be successful or, or have my, my work given credit for or even do anything meaningful, it was always going to have to be with other people. So the two years I spent in that line management position allowed me to make a bucket load of mistakes on how to manage people. And I learned a few things that seemed to work along the way. And, and as part of that process, I grew. And the people around me grew because when they were growing, I was growing. And it just seemed to be a bit of a positive snowball. And that's when I discovered that it was important to come out from behind a desk, work with people, understand their haves and wants. And it was just applying a lot of stuff that I'd learned from sales. But sometimes in finance, we can just get a bit lost. We can get caught behind our desks looking at computer screens and, and really you know, there's two sides to it. It's taken all the, the great technical knowledge that we, we learn and we have can offer our organizations. And it's not just our organizations because prosperous business leads to prosperous societies, you know, in the way that businesses pay taxes, the way that you know, our economies are run on numbers in terms of the financials, but also giving people jobs, employment, opportunities to make a difference. You know, they sort of go hand in hand and we've got some great technical skill sets to facilitate a prosperous world around us. So, yeah, there's there's a bit more to, to finance and accounting than simply sitting at a desk. We can do a lot more with it. Absolutely. And I am struck that um, as finance professionals, we have a very good technical knowledge base and a very privileged strategic overview of the business area that we operate in and access to some particularly senior stakeholders. But none of that is of any use if we can't work with the stakeholders to help deliver and drive um, commercial decision making. I wondered from your perspective, you know, extremely good academics, um, how much that actually helped you in terms of this other side of finance, in terms of driving those decisions. Yeah, sorry, 
I suppose I fell out a bit of love with academia once I got really sort of stuck in more of the, the people side of things and you know nothing I didn't I didn't find any sort of anything in my technical accounting training that really helped with that or even <laughs> to some degree my university so it was only I actually did an MBA and I was questioning the value of it no, in fairness, it was it, it. It all came together on the last module, which was strategic management, and, and what that was really about was pulling together all the knowledge out there. And it doesn't have to be academic knowledge; it could be something you read in a book, or something someone said, or something you see in nature as well. In terms of that, I love sharing stories. I mean, one of my favorite ones is about the bees and the flowers, and how they they need each other to be mutually uh, successful and create those win-wins in society. The, the, the bees need the pollen, uh, sorry, the nectar, and the, sorry, the pollen to turn into nectar so that they can go and feed their own societies. And then the flowers need the bees to go and cross-pollinate so they can grow their, their DNA footprint and for their species to be successful. So I love, I love sort of taking those, but the reason why that strategic management was useful is because we can deconstruct things and assimilate them then into models that tend to be quite repeatable and and that's the great thing in finance. You said, uh, Maytown, that the, the, you know, we've got this great strategic view. We have a lot of strengths in the numbers. There's a lot of assets out there. And one of them is our access to data. Two is like our access to decision makers. And we do have that broad visibility across your, the organization, the value chain, to be able to go make a difference. We've this technical training as well, which is another asset that we can turn such insights into financial outcomes to figure out where organizations could be getting bigger bangs for their buck or the best returns on investment. So you know, there's a lot there in terms of what we can do with insights and models. And that's where I suppose the academic side of things has helped is that I've got a lot of reference points that I then started putting into models that I've since shared with other people that just tend to work and are repeatable over time. And, and you know, I've got in I'm actually just thinking about this the other day. So I put together a quick uh, five-minute Monday memo on, on the topic of mental models and the, the importance of them. And, and actually, the thing is with them, you've got to continuously test them and refine them and make them better. And, and again, it's just great to have them in our toolkit. So, you know, academia does have a purpose in terms of helping us give some, some data points or some foundations to develop those models. But at the end of the day, the model's only worth as much as we've gone and applied it and tested out to see if what's worked, what hasn't worked can be better. And that's, and that's part of the fun. Actually, I, 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 when I, when I work on anything, it's all, I turn it into a game to figure out how much I actually don't know and uh, how ignorant I am of my own ignorance. It's one of those saying that's already um, stuck with me is Frederick Hayek is, uh, you know, I'm ignorant of my own ignorance type of thing, or I don't know what I don't know. So um, I'm always questioning, you know, what it is that I don't know. And uh, what is it I don't know about this scenario? And then it helps me figure out what, what's the gap in my knowledge or the gap in the knowledge that exists if it's in a meeting with other people. And um, I'm not frightened to be wrong as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A courage is a really important um, characteristic and attribute for a for a finance professional who, who who needs to challenge the business to to make the right strategic um, commercial decisions. Uh, you know, circling a little bit, um, you know, in terms of your life, what's what's exciting you at the moment? I mean, I, I understand that you're um, working on, on an app at the moment. Yeah, I do a free app and it's going to be able to help you create more value in your organisations and who doesn't want that? And it's taken all the, 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 the hours of of interviews that I've had with guest mentors. If you think 
about that you know the guest mentors we bring on the show probably have about 15 25 some of 35 40 years worth of experience and you know interviewed nearly 50 of them now and you you add all that together there's there's thousands of years worth of experience gone into making that app not just the hours i've put in but thousands years of worth of experience i mean what a way to give yourself or accelerate or kickstart your career or at least give you a signal as to your value creation potential and then assess yourself over the coming months have you been improving on that or not and then also in the longer run figure out a way of connecting people if that's what people want um you know got to be mindful of privacy of people's data and so on which is why i've structured two databases one for names and one for people's data to keep them separate but um, it's a way to to connect people so that if someone wants to develop in a particular area there's someone else in the profession that can mentor them and help them stronger and there may be a reverse mentoring opportunity where both boats can raise at the same time and that's you know, I've already touched on the assets in, in our conversation earlier. And funny enough, the, the, the app itself spells assets. And it's about doing the right things to uh, to enhance our assets. Yeah. And like, and like, you know, and that's that again, again, it's a free app. And it's just pulling together the experience that already exists in our profession. Uh, some of my own one. But again, I don't know all the answers. That's why I have to go and talk to all these people. And uh, you learn some great things. And, you know, it's just great to be able to take some of the skills I've learned over the years and turn it into an app that people can access 24-7. Yeah, I just can't wait to see how it sort of, how it works for our profession and, and what level we can take it to in terms of making a real difference for everyone. Absolutely. What what I'm really, really enjoying by the show, Andrew, is this underlying principle which we keep coming back to, which is helping others, helping the profession, making a difference. And, you know... When I think about it, this show is a perfect example of it, right? The SINTN show. Bring all these people on, learn from them, their experiences, what to do, what not to do, and how they've made a difference and how you could potentially make a difference. And I'd be actually really interested on that note to, to understand, you know, what, what was the what was your thought process behind starting this show in the first place? Yeah, I, I suppose I, I never really said why I sort of did the show. And... I guess, you know, I've I feel like I have to pay back because I was um, I I was struggling in my career. I was going absolutely nowhere, and this guy saw this and he said, "Look, we should go have a coffee sometime." And uh, we met. It was Junction Four of the M40 motorway in, in England near High Wycombe. He sat down in the Holiday Inn lobby. Some some listeners might have even been there before, and um, he he gave me a tool that's really helped my career, and I've achieved pretty much everything I set out to and you know I don't want to be a CFO or I suppose a CEO of a multinational but I just want to be a very good solid uh, finance professional and you know create a good experience for others that I encounter along the way and and you know I've I've been able to deliver loads and loads of value that way and I've received so much more value in return so you know another thought I'd maybe like to share is you know it's important to give to others and not with a, an expectation to get, but what tends to happen is when you when you give back more of your time or invest in other people, you tend to get an awful lot more back in return, uh, particularly in the way of meaningful experiences. And yes, you know, there's some nice commercial things that tend to happen off the back of that as well. I, I'm not going to, to sugarcoat it. I've done very well in my career. And, you know, I think 
that's why I would encourage others. You know, it's it's not always about the money. There's a lot more to life than than money, and we work with money all the time. But you know, it's important just to give, and then you know, not with the not with the expectation in mind, but just 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 to give your time or just give a bit of yourself to others, the community. It doesn't even have to be finance, uh, and you will receive so much more back just from from investing in others. And uh, and again, you know, being a bit more human in these times of of digital finance or technology or cognitive computing, you know, it's just, it's just makes it much more fun, rewarding. And, you know, ultimately your careers in finance be much more successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I find myself um, here podcasting with you, Andrew, you know, the quality of the speakers you've had, what has been absolutely immense. And I've learned an immeasurable amount um, from those speakers and their experiences. Um, It's just been, great um you know what what on that note actually of of success and, and learning um are there any other uh, resources that you've benefited from or that you'd recommend to our to our listeners yeah well look i'm an avid reader and i've always got a, a flavor of the month but there's some books i keep coming back to and I'll, I'll just share one and it's probably the one i read most often it is how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie and i know it was written it's probably written nearly a hundred years ago now, but it's just timeless advice in there. And if I just pull one, I suppose, in terms of best bit of advice, because I do ask that question on the podcast, but this is actually the best bit of advice I could ever give is actually from this book. And it's, it's, just, it's the first seek to understand, then seek to be understood. And that's a lot of what we do in finance. It's actually, you know, we obviously want our viewpoint to be understood but the most effective way to do that is actually take a genuine interest in other people and invest the time to seek to understand what it is that they want, what it is they think they have, because the difference between haves and wants gives us gaps that if we close the gap between and the have and the want, we can go and actually add some value to people. So, you know, I've always found that that advice was at the cornerstone of, of what I, I, you know, success in terms of connecting with people and adding value for people over my career. And, you know, I might have mentioned earlier in my career, like I sucked at management. It was sort of that this was one of the resources I found that found that helped me be a better uh, manager, person, uh, partner to my, my wife, uh, father to my kids and that type of thing. It came along at the right time when I needed it in my life. And, yeah, I, I still use it very regularly to, to look back in it and find things in myself that I hadn't seen before. Uh, when I read it. So I highly recommend that if, if people are looking to to improve on the people side or the social intelligence side of things of their work. And fpnatrends.com uh, by uh, Larissa Melnichuk. Uh, she's one of our previous guest mentors. There's loads of great contributors there to, from many different angles um, of uh, FPNA in particular, but there's really good content for all finance professionals in there because I think FPNA is, is a very much a growing and important area in finance and, and its importance will only grow as the thirst for analysis, uh, particularly financial analysis and analytics of a business will grow and grow and grow because the data is growing and growing and organizations, boards and so on will continue to need to make decisions and FPNA has a lot of influence. Um, and again, I think that's why it's, it's going to continue growing because it's got the inside influence impact. It's got all three of those going on. And uh, so I highly recommend that. And also business partnering. I think it's, it's key that we all have solid business partnering skills. 
So the Business Partnering Institute, which uh, Anders Liu Limberg is, is one of the founding members of, is also a very good resource. And also connecting with the, the, those like Chris Argent, uh, Lance Rubin, Brad Eisenhuth, who does the Outperformer. Again, great initiative out there. There's so many good resources for finance and accounting professionals that were, were never there back in the day. And also I'm a SEMA member, so I have to, to plug SEMAglobal.com or any of the AICPA resources that SEMA have partnered with as well. I found the, find the white papers very enlightening. And again, we've, we've got some guests on the show from SEMA in the past and SEMA qualified members that, again, some great, great insights. And, oh, yeah, and I, I, I'd be remiss of me. And if I didn't mention the book I wrote, The Audacious Finance Partner, <laughs> you know, plug that to get a, maybe a few extra sales, although it's been selling well. So, yeah, that actually, the funny enough, that's what funds the, the website, the SITN show dot com website and uh, and pays for the server fees and all that so again it's just reinvesting it back in back in our community so again highly recommend people check that one out but also the sitn show.com it's got the archive of all our podcasts uh, soundcloud and subscribe to us on itunes uh, stitcher and youtube where i do a, a short monday memo every monday for about five six seven minutes just giving some insights into a, an area of finance and accounting that we can practically do and add value on. Brilliant. And how, how do our um, listeners get in touch with you, Andrew? Yeah, like LinkedIn is definitely the best place to do that. Uh, so, you know, there's not many Andrew Cods in the world and there's there's <laughs> not many that will be a founder and producer of a podcast. So, yeah, definitely check us out, Andrew Codd. I think that's that's the link on LinkedIn. And take emails in the SITN Show website account. So if you email me at andrew at sitnshow.com, I do my best to get back to you within 24 hours when it hits that account. So uh, yeah, please email me there and um, I will get back to you if there's any questions, concerns or anything you feel I can help with. Well, look, Andrew, thank you ever so much for this and your your time. For me personally as well, for this opportunity to interview you, I've learned an incredible amount. Um, I've no doubt that our listeners will will too. And um, yeah, thank you for being on the uh, SINTN show. Yeah, ple- pleasure, pleasure, Mitten. And look, what I would just sort of leave leave people, um, you know, thinking about like a parting thought, is that look, um, you know, whatever stage of your career you're at in, in finance and accounting, you know, there's always help around you. Um, if you've just got, you know, that just you know a little bit of faith in other people, that you know most people out there are good and willing to help. And, and again, I'm always encouraging people. It's like, you know, I find it tough now to make time to, to mentor people because, you know, uh, I do get a lot of requests for that. And that's another reason for the, the strength in the numbers show. So, if again, if you see people um, that could do with your help or, you know, you, you feel that some people can help you reach out and connect with people and actually, you know, trying to understand where they're coming from and see where, you know, you could perhaps help them or ask them where they could help you or could they recommend someone to help you? You know, there's um, there's a lot to be said for, for stepping outside of our own numbers sometimes in the details and trying to find ways to connect with people. And again, if we keep working together, then we're only just going to build more opportunities for everyone in our profession. And, and that's one of the great things I think that this digital age is bringing us. I think it's forcing us to be a bit more human, to connect with each other a bit more and, and ultimately, that will raise all of our ships for not just our profession and ourselves, but also for the, the businesses we serve. And remember, those businesses operate in the communities we live in as well. 
So it's good for, for us and it's good for society. And that's a great thing about being in finance. We can really, really make a meaningful difference to everyone around us, our friends, family, and, and the people we work with. So um, so I'd, I'd love to leave that with a parting thought. And with then I really appreciate the questions. And thanks for um, giving me this opportunity to be on the other side of the table for a change. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. And when all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 